Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. Oh my God, welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat. I am Seth Macy. This is my first time hosting. I am extremely excited. I am joined today by Tom, Brian, and Pear, and we're going to talk about, of course, Nintendo. But first, I want to I want to try out my new catchphrase on you guys. Ready? Right. Oh wait, wait, no, you can't. You gotta earn. You gotta earn that. It takes, it takes a while. To I'm gonna just keep until one of them sticks. So, I, so I'm gonna <laughs> say. Hello there, Super Nintendos. Oh, oh no, no, man, no? man. 
Man, Parents that's leaving. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> that's listening. Ryan is disgusted. Well, so, Where so, is Kate? I think you had a good run. This is a good run. 40 seconds. I would- Congrats. Yeah. Do we know when Casey's coming back? Like, at least. <laughs> no, no, that was great. That was great. That was great. Uh, when does uh, when does Monster Hunter come out? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to. Seth, you're out. you're doing awesome so far. You're at least in in the top twenty NBC hosts of the of the year. I'm definitely in the top two tallest, so I know that that is of all time. You're, yeah, you're up there with Jose. Yeah, he I think was, Jose is like an inch taller than I am. So yeah, yeah, but that has nothing to do with Nintendo. <laughs> Which is what we're here to talk about. And we're going to talk about the Game Awards were last night. Did you guys know that? Were you paying attention? Yes. And of course, yeah. the biggest news was, I mean, for this particular podcast was obviously Sephiroth coming to Smash. And mm-hmm. for about five seconds, everyone in the world thought that Mario was dead. <laughs> we did. We did. But he he's died a lot. And so yeah, it's okay. They killed Luigi in that other Smash video, too. That's they right. They really love <laughs> killing the Mario characters. Sakurai does not like them. He's a, he's a Kirby guy. Yeah. You know? he's, he's old school Hal Labs. He does not want to see Mario and Luigi succeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about Sephiroth. Uh, Tom, you excited about Sephiroth? Uh, he's a sword character, but his sword is so long. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, well, I mean, that's a funny way to put it, but also, like, it is kind of true in some of the video that they showed. It didn't look like he was just swinging his sword, right? Like, he looks like he has, like, a little bit of a different flavor of a sword character. I saw somebody uh, comment, I think it was on Reddit, they were like, no more sword characters. And then they saw the trailer and they were like, okay, one more sword character. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think anybody's really upset about this. Um, it's really cool it's also from my perspective extremely unexpected Mm -hmm. vibe I always got with the way that cloud was implemented was that it was kind of an icy relationship between Final Fantasy and Smash Bros Um, obviously he came back for ultimate so it's not like it was completely icy but like the fact that there was only one song and there wasn't really much variation with any of the stuff like it just felt a little cold Um, so it's cool to see that that's probably not a fair assumption and that they are putting in another character. That's really, really neat. It's just, it's very exciting. Yeah. Are you excited for Sephiroth? Yeah, I wasn't, I, I wasn't expecting Sephiroth. I, I, I thought Waluigi's time had finally come. Oh, um, I feel like they'll just, hope. they're just going to toss him out as a free character at the end of the season pass or something. Um, <laughs> No, but like I, I, then when I was watching him, like this, this is great. It, it makes sense that we're getting another villain character. We haven't had, you know, we definitely have an imbalance of heroes to villains. Um, and then uh, Sephiroth is usually accompanied by one of the greatest musical pieces in yeah. all of Final Fantasy, right? And having One Winged Angel and all that in the game, um, and. I mean, we'll see the final smash soon, right? Like, I'm, I'm, sh- I, I think it's a really exciting character, despite being another sword fighter. Um, and I mean, look back at the the other season pass characters; they were also non traditional, right? Like Steve is so different, and I would argue harder to play. And like a, a sword fighting character, I think is just generally a crowd pleaser. Yeah, <laughs> uh, especially if Sephiroth. 
I mean, like look at every Xbox 360 live username and it's something Seth- <laughs> I was I was actually Seth Roth for a while there. That's not really that true. that checks out. Are you drinking <laughs> a beer compare? No, it's it's morning here. It's a uh, Bionado. Yeah, oh. that, that could be a beer. I don't know what that that looks like. No, a that's a it's, a it's a it's a it's a German uh it's a German soft drink. I, I, I'm glad you pronounced it because I thought it was Bionade. So <laughs> it could be. Bionade sounds like a game that was coming to coming to Switch. Um yeah, I think I think this is awesome. Uh I to be completely blunt, wanted somebody that was a lot more I wanted Kratos. I'll, I'll be, oh, I'll be straight. Cool. Like I, I, yeah, I like. I feel like there still really isn't like a PlayStation character in this game, but I feel like FF Seven is so PlayStation adjacent that it's mm. close enough in my head. I mean, same with same with Solid Snake, right? Or you know, like like Metal Gear in my head is sort of like old school PlayStation, even though Metal that obviously Gear. the Metal Gear that franchise <laughs> went on Gear. to uh, to go pretty much everywhere. But um, yeah, I, I really wanted Kratos, but. Uh, I don't see that happening. I feel like like PlayStation doesn't really talk to Nintendo in the same way Nintendo doesn't talk to Fortnite. You know, like there's yeah, like or, or Microsoft even to Nintendo. They they seem yeah. more chummy than yeah Sony. yeah. And, and, and you're right that like we like Joker's in it from Persona Five, right? But like that doesn't Joker is great, and I'm ex- I love that character. But like he doesn't he's not really a, a PlayStation icon, despite PlayStation Persona Five being PS4 exclusive, mm-hmm. right? Right. No. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, like this is this is a game that continues to be, you know, the no pun intended ultimate celebration of the industry. I think um, I think, like I said before, like Fortnite's kind of coming close, but it's also like that's that's grabbing stuff from like all over pop culture and all over, uh, you know, sort of mass market media everywhere. Um, like Mega Ran, who's like one of my favorite rappers. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah, he tweeted out a photo today of like the the Mandalorian sitting in uh, the warthog from Halo in Fortnite, and it's like, okay, well, this is yeah, this like they're doing their own Smash Brothers style thing over there. But like seeing Final Fantasy VII characters show up in this game is just like it is so perfectly iconic. And to take somebody like like Sephiroth and 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 put him in this game is it. I think it's it's such, it puts such a bow on like FF Seven as a whole and Final Fantasy as a whole. Um, and to just like have that as part of Smash is is just so damn cool. I like I love the trailer reveal and everything too. Like I, that's you know a, a big part of it for me is like the sort of the cinematography behind all that, like the, the sort of pomp and especially around the Game Awards. It, it just felt so right. And yeah, I think it's awesome. But yeah, I, I wanted Kratos. But and, I'm so and happy. Fun, fun fact <laughs> that uh, that trailer for Sephiroth is actually canon to Final Fantasy VII remake. So oh wow. Great. Mm. And I wouldn't mm. put it past Nomura. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only the only thing that like is even slightly disappointing to me about the Sephiroth reveal, because I am really excited about him as a character, is that I loved seeing it's kind of to Brian's point. Like I love seeing new franchises enter this game. And because we already had Cloud, it feels like a little bit of like a Oh, okay, it's it's not a mm-hmm. new thing. It's an exciting thing, but it's not like a like what weird next franchise is going to join Smash Bros. So that's only like that's the only disappointment I have with this, to be honest. Is that part yeah, of it. yeah, and I'm it's totally not even with like you. a big 
big disappointment. Yeah, whereas like if you got something like Mando, you would get all new stage music, mm-hmm. right? Flair right. to it, like yeah, yeah. And thankfully, I mean, like I said, like Final Fantasy VII was of the franchises in Smash Bros was kind of the thinnest already. So like, there's tons of room to grow there. It's not like a disappointment by any means. It's just like yeah, it would it, it, Kratos would have been like the more like whoa, this is a whole new game series coming into it right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well. You can play as Kratos or Master Chief technically on your Switch. <laughs> they're Fortnite now. That's so weird. It is a little bit. It is a little bit crazy. But I wanted to make sure that I mean, I'm sure everybody already knows this. Final Fantasy VII is available on Switch. It's the PC version that they put out. Uh, mm-hmm. But you can also play Final Fantasy IX, which after six is the best Final Fantasy game. And while, uh, while I have you all, I I think they should put Samus in Fortnite. Just gonna say that I think she fits. You know what? Out there. I am into that. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I prefer that a lot more than like a weird tall Mario. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm trying to think about like you know like a like Waluigi with a machine gun, which I want for different reasons, obviously. Yeah. Um, for you know my fan fiction, but I think that uh no, I but I think I think Samus makes perfect sense in Fortnite. Yeah, just throwing it out there. You heard it here first. There was some other news, of course. Uh, They're making a Ghosts and Goblins remake or remaster. Uh, Brian, you don't sound like too stoked on that one. Well, no, because like it's (laughs) it's it's so much easier for me to just love something or not love something. But I wish I had live streamed the emotional roller coaster I went on (laughs) seeing that logo, which is like so that is like. I love that franchise. That is like yeah. the original Soulsborne. From it, it's it, it oh, yeah. predates Bloodborne in so many ways. You know, like it was one of my favorite games I got around the Super Nintendo launch. Super Ghouls and Ghosts, brutally difficult. Like that game is so hard that like when you beat it, it says no, you didn't. Uh-huh. You start all over again. Like <laughs> the art direction's awesome. The pixel art's awesome. I love the horror theme. I love the music. I love the fact that like you get hit and you're, you're butt naked running or, you know, and boxer shorts running around a graveyard, like yeah. fighting skeletons and ghouls. I mean, we've all been there. And they showed us this logo and I, and I, it's, it's Capcom. And I'm like, yes, one of my favorite franchises is back. And then we saw the art direction for it. And I was just like, oh, yeah. it's so ugly. Like, and I hate putting negativity like that out in the world, but it's just so not, I- a, not a good looking game. It's it. It was weird, and I had the same emotional roller coaster. Ghosts and Goblins is one of those games. The where I have fond memories of everything except for the frustration of playing it. Right, mm-hmm. like that was the game where I got to the end and I said, "Are you effing kidding me?" Again. <laughs> and um, after after failing so many times, and it the music just when it goes, yeah, it's so great. You're right. I think they were going for a look of kind of like you know illuminations from old middle mid- medieval like books and stuff, right? It yeah. has this kind of paper cutout look to it, but like the design, like the actual tech and the coloring and everything is pleasing but the actual design of the characters there's something off right like yes it's it's, i I can't explain it either and it's like partially it's because we know this game so well and we know what they're supposed to look like and then when it looks different you're like "Mm, that's not right yeah Um, but but i nailed it I actually once I actually, I have hopes that once you play it, you kind of like your eyes get used to it being different, and it'll be a, a fun experience because it is 
it is vibrant and colorful and kind of cool looking in the kind of paper cutout way. But man, like the the art design, it yeah, I, I yeah, I, it, it, it hit me too. The the I think you're totally on to something. Like I think that they're in the right direction aesthetically, and I don't expect it to necessarily be pixel art. Because I understand that that's an entirely more complicated art form in, in so many different ways. And you know, it's it's also cool when games move on and try new art directions, right? But it, it reminds me a lot of this, the kind of like Xbox Live Arcade stuff we saw around the 360 era, where we would get like uh, ports that had like weird like sort of Photoshop cutout filters on them, or like posterized filters on them, and um, it was like very iconic things that we loved filtered through an art direction that was designed specifically to fit underneath the like weird data cap of what XBLA games were. And which is fine. Like a lot of very interesting creative decisions come from that. I mean, some of the most uh, interesting art directions and art and art of all in video game history comes from being bottlenecked by, uh, you know, a cap. It's the reason uh, Mario is a mustache is because like, they they try to put a mouth there and it didn't make sense. They're like, give him a mustache and then it works. It's an and eternal you can't imagine. Scream. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise he's just like, ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I will play it. I'll give it a shot. I, I, I'm hoping that this is one of those things that maybe enough people are like, Hey, can you fix the art direction? And they do, <laughs> no, you know, no way, man. Like I, I, I know <laughs> the screens we've seen, Every, every boss looks wrong to me. I it would know. be it would be a lot of work. And by the way, this is not a straight remake of um, uh, uh, of Ghosts. It's it's got Ghouls and Ghosts mi- mixed in, so it's like a a mashup kind of homage uh, based on those games. So it's not a hundred percent remake with different. Oh, art. okay. Yeah. I mean, we did see we saw what Blood Bloodstained got a completely different art direction like a month before launch. That was weird, but they did. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. that's true. Yeah. And then with that, though, the the original arcade game returns too, right? Like Capcom announces like crazy arcade collection uh, uh, as well. That's really cool. We're a little worried about the pricing there, how you kind of like the nickel and dime you for the games, right? Well, it looks like you'll be able to purchase packs basically that have like nine or 10 games in them, um, which I I think is both smart and not great because you end up dropping X amount of money on a a bunch of games that maybe you want some, maybe you don't want others. Um, But that's probably I think that's a little better to build out your arcade than having to like walk in and buy each game individually. Um, That's true. Yeah, I, I, I wish they had just like given like a $50 or $60 option where you can just get all of them, you know? And maybe they'll do something like that. Maybe, maybe they'll have something like a, like a whole pack, but uh, look, Capcom has some freaking awesome arcade games in their history. And just playing 1942, those games um, (laughs) as they were meant to be played rather than the, the kind of like the frequent console ports that we've seen, like getting the arcade versions, hopefully properly done. um, I think that's really cool. I'm excited for that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, uh, if they're listening, and I'm sure that Capcom listens every week, uh, bring back that Bionic Commando remake. That was awesome. Bring that to Switch. Oh, yeah. That one was super good. That was was one of those Summer of Arcade games that came out. Mm So uh, another big NVC news is Monster Hunter Rise. And our biggest Monster Hunter fan is not here. Um, But she apparently had some great reaction footage that I completely forgot. We should <laughs> we should try and grab that um, sometime. Yeah, she was live streaming because she she can't play games right now, right? Um, and and type and all that. She was live streaming her reactions to the Game Awards, and the moment Monster Hunter Rise came on, I I could tell it was a Switch game because it looked a little bit less glamorous than the other games revealed. And, and then you know you 
it was clear that it was Monster Hunter, and I really just wanted to find Casey and see her reaction. Um, it's a even if you're not into Monster Hunter, this is such a big deal for Japan. Um, the these these games fuel the success of the Switch, and the Switch fuels the success of the Monster Hunter franchise, just like you know the PSP used to. Um, it's just such a such a big franchise um, for that market. Um, but it, it does also look like a step up above the uh, the remake that we've gotten. Yeah, yeah, and the the headline or the the most exciting kind of bit that got revealed because they've shown off a lot of this game already. The most exciting bit that got revealed for me at the Game Awards is that they're going to have a demo in January, which is yes. like I'm just very pleased. Nintendo seems to be putting more and more weight behind like these like cool demos like hopefully this is a good one too hopefully maybe they'll let your progress transfer over like they did with pikmin and and age of calamity like i'm just glad that we're seeing more demo support out of them yeah Yeah. absolutely tom there's something else you're excited about yeah i wanted to really quickly mention this but because it was kind of weird in the game awards disco elysium the final cut got announced and they revealed it as like ps5 ps4 but what wasn't mentioned during the game awards trailer is that it's also coming to xbox and switch in like Q3 of 2021 and Disco Elysium for those who don't know is like a point and click adventure game that was like one of the best RPGs to come out I think it was I think it came out last year yeah um it it was just super it's super super good it's super weird and it's really exciting that it's coming to switch and it's coming with the final cut version is like new quests and more VO and yeah it's just it's really exciting so Disco Elysium is one you should have on your radar for the end of next year for sure i i hope i hope it translates well to the switch because the Mm. art is so gorgeous right it's not a a taxing game technically to run on the switch i think right because it's overhead perspective and uh and and looks hand-drawn and all of that but storage wise hopefully it doesn't get compressed um, Mm -hmm. yeah too much i i think this could be a really good one to play on switch if you haven't haven't tried it yet no, totally. I hope the controller... I, I don't know if it had controller support on PC already, but I hope the control scheme is is fine. It's not, like, an action game in any way, so, like, hopefully that'll just make it easier to smoothly transition. But yeah, Disco Elysium is a really good game that you should really, really be happy is coming to Switch, because there's not many games like that on Switch either. This year, I decided I actually wanted to, like, follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals, so I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television. Uh, The Boston Bruins home opener, I went to watch it, and boom, blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN, and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with, like, Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea, and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. 
who knows what the government's doing these days. I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN is going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, it's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, um, unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your Nord VPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Nintendo VC. That's nordvpn.com slash Nintendo VC. Victor Charlie. Uh, that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Fine. Check it out. <laughs> in Q3 2021. Yeah. It's a while You got away. nothing to do then. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's nothing you going on. In the probably still playing Flight Simulator then. It's they're You know, they're constantly supporting that game, but it's not on a Nintendo platform, so I can't talk for three hours like I want to. Okay. Oh, my throttle quadrant that is sitting maybe over there. Maybe yeah. Flight Simulator will be in Smash Brothers. Then you can. Can you? Can you set <laughs> up? A, can you set up like a, a flight in Flight Simulator to just fly itself and then just sit in a chair and play Switch like you would in a regular airplane? Because I that's I want to do that so bad. That's you, like the mundane stuff I really miss. Somebody actually did that because on one of the jetliners, one of the inter- one of the camera views is just looking out the window like you have a window seat. And so they just like took a picture of themselves sitting in a chair playing Nintendo Switch while, you know, <laughs> Nebraska f- was underneath of them as they flew <laughs> from New York to San Francisco. I really hope this would be so like Inception, but I really hope Switch gets that. Did you guys see that really mundane flying game where you're a passenger? Like no, uh, riding. Just- <laughs> you guys, didn't see, it's like a it's a flight simulator, but you're a, a passenger in coach and you're stuck. Oh, in I seat. did. Yes. Yeah, and you can fiddle with your uh, like your you can watch like royalty free television on the screen in front of you. You can call the like, you know, and you can you get like food delivered. There's a crying baby. You can you can like Aww, play games okay. and stuff like that. But you just basically simulate like a six hour flight in real time. And I miss that. It's so like much. desert bus. Yeah, it yes, would be funny exactly. if that was on if that was on Switch because that's the kind of game like I would play that on an airplane. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> That would be great, great meta. Well, let's talk about games that actually are on Switch, <laughs> which was Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, which I don't think we've talked about yet on this show since it came out. And uh, How is that so possible? I, just, I think we weren't on. Timing was just bad and the way things like shook out, but I finally got it and I started playing it. I've never played this kind of game before. I didn't play the okay. last one. Uh, I, I kind of knew what to expect going in, but I was pretty fresh and this game is extremely my jam. Like you just run oh, around wow. and, and enemies go flying everywhere when you throw, you know, 40 sword attacks at them. And then it tells you how many of them you knocked out. It's got everything I want. N- numbers, 
uh, <laughs> flying enemies, elves, elves. I'm not very far into it. I've only I only got it uh, like Tuesday night. But yeah, so far gotcha. I'm really into just smashing into other enemies and making them fly everywhere with my mm-hmm. magic powers. I for me it's a it, it's a bit of a roller coaster of uh, emotions with that game. There there are a lot of things that I really like, and I do think in many ways it's a it's a step up from you know Fire Emblem uh, and and the last Hyrule Warriors, um, not the full Fire Emblem games, never. Um, but <laughs> my issue with this game is that it aspirationally tries to do something that the old switch hardware just doesn't want to do and like mm. the yeah the, the feeling of slashing at enemies and pulling off these amazing combos which they, there are so many in that game so many cool characters too it just doesn't feel as good as any of the zelda games where you slash at a character because the performance is so bad like the frame yeah. rate really drops and so sometimes you lose sight of the action not because you're not doing a good job with the camera it's like the game just kind of chugs and it's a real bummer if this was on you know the next switch more capable hardware that game design would work but this whole you know hundreds of enemies attacking at once thing um is not the greatest fit for this platform i think yeah it it like chugs pretty early on which is very yeah, surprising a lot. um like a lot yeah i was yeah. i was actually i was i was t- sort of taken aback by that and it, it's interesting because you know link's awakening had similar uh or you know not not similar because it's a very very different game uh but it had it had frame rate issues as well that never got patched out so that's like two kind of big zelda games in a row that can't really run on switch in the way we want them to or you know i think in the way audiences expect um I, yeah I'm, I'm a little surprised that this wasn't like scoped slightly differently to maintain the hardware like i'm i'm playing you know i played like 10 hours of cyberpunk on pc and i switched over to ps5 to check it out and it's it's like there's obviously like you take a step back a little bit but it, there's your brain knows that there's a better version or way better versions of it that exists but with this game like this is really the only way you can play it right now there isn't like a super switch or a switch right. pro so it does feel a little interesting that uh it was it wasn't scoped slightly differently to to sort of run uh given the confines of the switch's hardware yeah but and, and maybe it. but but maybe this is also you know something got delayed out of the q4 window for nintendo and so mm-hmm. hyrule warriors hey can you guys get this thing done in time for for um for november and so maybe it filled a gap but it's like for all the performance issues there's a lot of really cool stuff in yes. it and like some of the bigger combos and you know when you fill your meter and you just go kind of berserk on people it's just it is really fun to do the characters feel very different right like the the way impa uses the rune runes versus you know mifa doing the kind of like the 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 attacks through the fountains and all of that it's just it feels different. All of it is interesting. I'm always a big fan of the, you know, kind of like looking at the whole map and then assigning your um, your friends to go after a certain enemy or, you know, clearing a certain area. Like that sort of multitasking, I think, is pulled off really well. Um, and then it's a celebration of Zelda, right? Like it's yeah. a co- collection of music, of enemies from Breath of the Wild. Um, they really thought about the kind of like the the feel and the atmosphere, you know, when you access the map that it mirrors Breath of the Wild, but also the different things you can do, you know, like uh, that involve cooking and upgrading your weapons. And so it's it's a really cool celebration of Breath of the Wild was, 
But for me, it never even gets close to the greatness of that game. You yeah. know? Oh, yeah, no, that yeah. goes without saying. And, and Breath of the Wild is actually not a combat game. It's an exploration game, right? Yeah. And still Breath of the Wild's combat is runs circles around this, I feel. Well, because I think what's interesting about Breath of the Wild is that it does make, like, uh, there's a lot of conflicts in that game that do feel significant. Like, there's... It is it is a game about sort of like quiet minimalism that is, you know, intercut with uh, like a, a giant creature coming out of the ground for the first time and fighting you. No. And there's something interesting there, uh, even playing on like master mode, um, like every every conflict has this life or death weight to it. Um, and having, you know, even one on one battles with mobile clients is uh, is, you know, is a, a, a big a big deal and in this game they're just like here's 500 guys fight them which is fine you know it's totally fine but uh it's yeah it it doesn't it, it it doesn't come close and will never come close to being breath of the wild for me but in terms of like you know panning out the lore a little bit more i think it's it does a lot of cool stuff there yeah like it's I, you you just uh, remind me of something like compare the fights like the talus fights between the two uh games right the way mm-hmm. the way it feels to be able to jump on this giant rock enemy in breath of the wild versus like they they replicate a lot of those elements and obviously have a ton more different attacks you can do but it doesn't have that weight and that impact and the way breath of the wild like when when it blows up, it goes like it like mm-hmm. the way it wraps up. The the fights feel more meaningful, and maybe that's appropriate because in Hyrule, Hyrule Warriors, there's like a bottomless pit of Bobo clients um, that that <laughs> that Bokoblins he knows that come at you, um, and it, it it is a different feel. I'm you know I'm digging it. Like I would give this game a seven out of ten, honestly. Yeah, I think that's and fair. I think yeah. Most of my complaints are just with the performance and and how that breaks the feel. Yeah, I feel like as like a big Breath of the Wild, real quick, I was just gonna say as a Breath of the Wild fan, like I feel like I got Immortals Phoenix Rising and I got, uh, you know, this Age of Calamity and it just feels, um, I'm just like, it's like, this is too hot. This is too cold. And then Breath of the Wild 2 will come out and I'll be like, this is just right. Yum. (laughs) Sorry, Do you have anything to say, Tom, on the the subject of Age of Calamity? No, I, <laughs> I, uh, I unfortunately haven't been able to spend as much time in this game as I've wanted to yet, to be honest. Right. I, I really do want to go back and play it, but I've been uh, cyberpunking. I've it's... been playing a lot of other games. Oh, yeah, that's right. You just wrapped a huge yeah. review. One of like <laughs> probably the biggest of your career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll yeah. we could talk about other news. Uh, Nintendo news. The NPDs actually came out this morning and Nintendo sold this is unbelievable the one NPDs. Point, NPDs. <laughs> i love that that's how i that's how i got started was i, I told mitch dyer it's like hey man i like the npds i'll always write about nice. them and so he started making <laughs> that my them. thing i i love them so much it's like I, i've always been said and i i like i've never been like i'm like i hated math class i, I don't really care about data for the most part <laughs> You know, I've just been winging it through most of my life. I love MPD. What a wonderful day. And like, you know, because the numbers never lie. Like, it's like, no matter what, people are like, oh, Xbox, oh, Nintendo. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, the Nintendo Switch sold 1.3 million hardware units in November, which is probably not surprising, given the fact that you couldn't get your hands on a PS5 or an Xbox, but it's also kind of surprising because that means it's been the best-selling video game console for two years consecutively 24 consecutive months the nintendo switch 
is the best. And uh, yeah, 6.29, excuse me, 6.92 million units in 2020 so far mm-hmm. this year, which and is this what, was like half the Switch or the uh, the Wii U. Rest in peace. I love you. Yeah, yeah, no, just about. Um, and that's with, you know, significant supply constraints at the beginning of the pandemic when oh yeah uh, when things hit in march and april and people were like i need a nintendo switch now you know like, yeah no that's sudden- actually it's important that you bring that up because the most of the summer you still couldn't get mm-hmm. a nintendo switch for msrp like we would tweet out on the ign deals when they came into stock at the, in the same way that we do that now with the ps5 or the xbox series x because it was so uh like desirable yeah. and everyone just wanted to get in. it was so hard to get and then Animal it's, Crossing, of course, was everybody was playing Animal Crossing. Everybody had to get a Switch. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it would probably would have been a larger number. What was that, Pear? And Seth, is the, the Fortnite system that they released now globally, is that is that readily available now or is it still selling out all the time? Uh, I think that was a very limited thing. and I haven't seen it in stock. It, it has come into stock again at Amazon once or twice since Cyber Monday. But these numbers don't include the uh the Fortnite one because that came out that was a yeah, cyber monday month after yep. came out yep. this month did you get you get so. those joy cons pair i sure do <laughs> that's awesome that was actually i wanted to know is are you getting the american version because i know you imported the european version no no i i only imported the uh i only bought the joy con somebody sold them uh, for for a uh, hundred bucks on ebay right when the uk version came out the dollar was strong against the uh the pound too so it, that's not wow. much more expensive than regular Joy-Con. Now they're going for like 160, 180 and stuff. Wow. So if you just want Joy-Con, yeah. Um, yeah, it sucks having to buy a whole new system if you want Joy-Con, of course. Mm-hmm. They they are the that is the prettiest combo, I think. They yes. both think, colors are really good. Yeah. 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 And I like the little uh the little bus on the the detail on the Joy-Con <laughs> itself. Bus. Do we bus. Do we uh, do we know the breakdown between Switch and Switch Lite? Like they don't really reveal no, that. No, they, they right? just they're just happy to have them all in one big happy family. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the this regular, is the regular Switch outsells the Switch Lite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, what's what's interesting is that we've been theorizing for years now. Oh, what does Nintendo do to compete with PS5 and Xbox Series X? And nothing. They just have units available in a store to buy. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what. It, that's the that's the secret. I mean. Like it, it's kind of fascinating to watch. I, I will say too, like it's it's as somebody who does love MPD. It's been super frustrating for seven years uh, having Microsoft not report numbers at all. Like that totally sucks. Well, they did report numbers until their numbers weren't as good. Yeah. They're like, you know what? We're just not going to report numbers. Who wants to hear numbers? They get up in your head and they mix you up. And and to that that point, like Brian, we've been speculating what Nintendo is going to do to compete with the other things. And part of that is just having units on shelves. And I think Mm -hmm. the other part of that is that uh, the other companies had to adapt to COVID in a way that Nintendo didn't really have as much pressure to do. And Microsoft didn't have Halo this year. They didn't have any yeah. of their exclusives. And so like, like ostensibly they're not really competing with a big Microsoft killer because Microsoft didn't have a killer to sell. Right. That's like, true. The system itself is exciting and yada, yada, yada. And it's going to get new games soon. But like right now, Nintendo was just, like saying, hey, we have this giant library of games, like, and yeah. buy the system, you know, like that's and also great. it's $299. Right. Yeah, as opposed right. to $499 if you're lucky enough to grab one 
for the three seconds you, it's available. You also you look at like some of their biggest games this year, and they're really only playable on Switch. I mean, aside yeah. from Mario sixty four, which they, they were definitely like, put that out there, get get some money, which is All great. Right. You know, I, biggest I love it. most pre ordered game in IGN commerce See? history. Crazy, wow. crazy, and that but, was only available for pre order for like six weeks. Yeah, I mean, but that's because you're counting it on N sixty four and the Wii and the game. No, no, no. I mean. <laughs> Okay. He's making a joke, Seth. Okay, okay. I sometimes I forget. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. Uh, I, I don't mean to ruin your improv. <laughs> I do that myself. Don't worry. Yes, and uh, Age of Calamity came in at number six for November, but uh, granted, uh, Call of Duty is always the top selling game when it comes out, and it came out in November. It's also becomes instantly the top selling game of the year. I don't know if that was the case this year, but uh, it's also important to note that. Nintendo, for some reason, doesn't report digital sales to NPD. So this is only for physical sales. Um, I don't know what it is for Nintendo, but digital is about 50-50 now. Digital um, is really big for Nintendo, yeah. Okay, yeah. well then, yeah. you know, it probably was higher than that, but they're like, we don't we don't want you to see into our I, I imagine digital went up across the board this year. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, any chance, I mean, I've, I've been mostly, or if not all, digital for years now, but it's just... Like to not have to put on a mask and get in a car and go to a store and wait in a line and wash your hands. You just click a button and you're downloading the game. The closest we have to really understanding like what kind of digital numbers they're doing or at least rankings is the eShop. And that's right. such anecdotal data because it's like you can be like Mario is popular, but so is Overcooked. And you're like, well, how many copies is that? Yeah, um, the, the quarterly reports include the um the digital sales so when you mm-hmm. see that that nice ranking that they always put together in their their oh, earnings man. report that's the one with digitals in it that's yeah. another thing i love yeah. our quarterly me reports. too me too uh, and then sometimes you'll get like an indie developer will be like we sold five times as many units on switch as we did on ps4 plus pc minus xbox you know the train is going 70 miles an hour in one direction <laughs> and you're like <laughs> oh yeah just tell us the numbers yeah but yeah no it's huge it's huge it's awesome it's awesome for nintendo uh obviously you know Per and i are old we've been covering the show through through the good the good and the bad times right like it was <laughs> we did the show during the wii u era where we would spend entire episodes being like the the rosalina amiibo has outsold <laughs> oh, all of the nintendo games this year <laughs> did you happen oh, to notice during the game awards last night when reggie fils was giving the accessibility award and he said we've always thought it was important with the wii the 3ds and the switch <laughs> to be accessible i was like oh yeah <laughs> except for the wii u yeah. except mm-hmm. for the wii u yeah uh more news persona 5 strikers is getting a 2021 western launch tom is stoked on that february 23rd that's like that's like right around the corner it's soon oh yeah so yeah. Tom, so this excited. is a soccer game, right? With Persona characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. I keep thinking the same. Is that is that like the, the is your brain is like the Mario, Mario Strikers thing, right? Yeah. 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 Every time I see this, I'm like, oh, they're playing soccer. That's weird. Well, yeah. they yeah. they renamed it from the Japanese version, right? Because yeah. the the Japanese version is called Persona Five Scramble. The f- like colon the phantom strikers tilde uh, asterisk exclamation yeah. mark night of a hundred moons and a half <laughs> yeah but uh Two. scramble right is a reference to the shibuya scramble that crossing in japan that's right. and so yeah. that's like not a reference that would necessarily translate and to me like persona 5 scramble reads as like a puzzle game to my american ears for mm. some reason yeah. so like persona 5 strikers i guess is more like communicates action game in my mind or 
soccer if you're a Nintendo fan. But this is coming out finally because it came out a year ago in Japan and we got that Japanese, there was a Japanese eShop demo when it came out that was like really fun. And I'm really excited that it's getting the whole voice cast back and it's got a date and it's soon and it's, I'm, I'm just thrilled. I'm really, really excited to play this game. Yeah. You can actually, you can get a Persona 5 scramble at Denny's right now. <laughs> so head on down there and sorry, this is very bad. Seniors joke. eat for free on Sundays. <laughs> I had to get it out of my brain. And now you're all dealing with it. Sorry. Uh, another game, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. The game gets a 2021 release date, uh, January 14th. Again, right around the super corner. soon. Yeah, yeah. It's dude. Strong. This game, this game rules. I love this game so much. I'm not even like a big Scott Pilgrim guy. This is one of my favorite co-op beat 'em ups of all time. It's so yeah. awesome. I missed Amazing it the first music. time around, and mm-hmm. I'm like really excited to play this one on Switch. Yeah, I think it's on it's the hard lot. drive of my original Xbox or something. Yes, oh, wow. same. Yeah. It's still on my PS3. Man, go. taking it back to the old school. Yeah, uh, let's yep. talk about out this week. Yesterday, because we obviously we had to delay recording because there was some news that happened last night. But yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> Accidental Queens Collection, Evolution Board Game, Octafight, and Alt Frequencies. Uh, Tom has played and beat all of them and given them a score. <laughs> I don't think I gotta say not a lot there were not a lot of games this week on this list that that jumped out at me uh I will say the one other game that did come out yesterday not on your list is called Pixel Junk Eden 2 yeah oh yeah so that's a sequel to one of uh, Pixel Junk Eden was like one of my favorite PS3 downloadable games when it first came out a million years ago I haven't played Pixel Pixel Junk Eden 2 but I loved the first one so that's definitely one to keep an eye on too and that came out yesterday? Yeah, on the 10th. Oh, well, shoot. <laughs> me on my first time blowing a big reveal. Uh, How could whatever. you? I was just so it's excited okay. about next week for the Collection of Saga Final Fantasy Legend Collection, which I know I will buy. I will play the first hour of each of the games, and then I'll never <laughs> play them again because that's just kind of how I am. But I remember reading there was like a, a graph in Nintendo Power of all the different mutants and the food that you would eat them and what it would turn them into. And I, I was like 10 at the time and it just excited my brain like <laughs> nothing else before it. The saga games done. weren't the saga games weren't big in Japan in the US at all, right? I remember no. people lining up for them in Japan when I lived there. Um they were, you know, not quite as big as Final Fantasy and and, and Dragon Quest, but they but there were definitely there was always a a line and a lot of attention when a new one came out. Yeah, no, they were. I mean, that's why they're called Final Fantasy Legend here, because they were trying to just like ride the coattails yeah, of yeah. Final <laughs> Fantasy, which Nintendo had just published, I think, like earlier that same year. I don't remember if that went well, but there's actually uh Jeremy Parrish is on his Game Boy Works, did a really good episode about uh, the first one, like just recently. I just watched it, so I, I shouldn't have said that. Books. I should have just pretended I was an expert. And <laughs> but oh, well, I don't get any of that. And then next uh, the day after that, we get Synthetic ultimate i know you guys are dying I'll, for that one tom you're I'll, gonna yeah no i was also gonna shout out one other uh that came out i think on tuesday was ghost runner which is i know a game that a lot of people in the office are are enjoying it's like an action a different cyberpunk game coming out right now where you're like oh yeah 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 ninja. that came to yeah, switch apparently on the ninth what so, whoa so says the internet yeah they wouldn't lie <laughs> Oh, I'm, uh, Pear, was there a Puyo Puyo Tetris game 
I believe you said that came out as well. Man, it was. Yeah, I'm playing it uh, right now. No, uh, I was. I was uh, you know, there there's so many uh, games out for the uh, the the other systems right now. It's hard to find a little bit of time to play um, the the new Switch releases. But I did I did start playing uh, Puyo Tetris two. Uh, the first one is one of the top puzzle games on the system. Uh, you know, until Grindstone comes out. I hope they do that one justice. <laughs> Um, but uh, the second one is exactly the same. Um, so wow. f- from my played so far, so far I can say if you own the first one, you don't need the second one. The there is an additional mode. There are tweaks. Obviously, uh, it has an all new adventure with a crazy nonsense story, which is everything is really polished and nicely, like well done and voice acted. Every single scene. Um, and it's a fantastic multiplayer game. And it's a great online game, but it is very, very similar to the first one. So if you own the first one, uh, don't get it. If you don't own this game and you have at least two people in the house that you can play with, uh, it's freaking awesome. You can do, uh, you can play only Puyo. You can only play Tetris. You can do Puyo versus Tetris where the players pick the different uh, different games against each other. Or you can do Fusion where it's Puyo and Tetris pieces mixed and Tetris pieces crush the Puyo Puyos and stuff. And it's um, too much. It's really, it's a, it's a really, really, really good multiplayer puzzle game. And this game is uh, also, it's on PS5 also, which is weird. Yep. Really? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Got ray tracing yeah. and better, better draw distance. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's like FPS fidelity so, uh, mode. It's, it's, it's really it's, cool. it's 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 one of those sequels where the sequel replaces the first one. Like they just the first one doesn't really have any reason to exist. It's like how the Picross games are very very similar. All the S games are exactly the same, but you get new puzzles. And in this one, you, the adventure mode is is all. Mm. Yeah, cool. Well, that works well because we can transition right into what we've been playing. And I've you've been playing. I've been playing. (laughs) What have you been playing? Real quick, Brian Altano. Just cyberpunk. I'm sorry. That's (laughs) Tom. I I have a feeling I know. Yeah, Yeah. I I reviewed cyberpunk last week. For those who don't know, and it everyone should read that review because it's great. Oh, thanks. Well, it basically it's not it's not coming to Switch. I can just say that in full confidence. Um, But it's uh it's I basically all I've been thinking about and playing for like the last two weeks. So right, it's, right. yeah, that's for, where my brain is. For Switch owners hoping that they'll do what they did with The Witcher Three, um, <clears throat> my Xbox Series X struggles to run mm-hmm. this game. They constantly yeah. resolution switch. Um, uh, it it goes between sharp and blurry. Driving is smooth, but a lot of city scenes with lots of characters really chug. It's not, and you know, CDPR fixes that stuff over time, and we haven't seen a true next gen version yet, right? These are last gen versions being run on next gen systems, but it is very apparent that this would be, it would be yeah. amazing if they could run this on Switch. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it might be a candidate for the streaming service. Yeah, that's oh, what I was yeah. going to say. That's a good way to frame it is that this is, I, I think, pretty unthinkable that it could get even a downgrade that would make it natively run on Switch the way The Witcher did. But, yeah. you know, Nintendo's been doing cool stuff with their streaming stuff, so maybe it'll have that chance because it is, you know, like they, they announced yesterday that like 8 million people pre-ordered the game. So, like, clearly this is yeah. one of the largest, largest games of recent years and... This True. switches a market that CDPR 
seems to care about to some in, in some way. So maybe they'll try some streaming stuff at some point. It's on Stadia too, right? So they right. are doing uh, game streaming already. And like, ironically, if they could stream this at Switch's 720p, um, if they could stream it from high-powered PCs, uh, the Switch version would look better than the PS5 that- and the Xbox <laughs> version right now. No, seriously. That's yeah. true. Um, the game, I I really love the game. I love the world. CDPR is so good at crafting stories, but it is it is a bit of a mess at launch. And like I've yeah. actually contemplated, if it wasn't for Game of the Year voting, I would have just put it away, waited until everything was fixed. I think Tom, you brought this up as a uh, as a possible thing for fans to do. Yeah. yeah. In the meantime, you can play Witcher on Switch. That's a that's a blast. It's you know, and it's got cross save. It does. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. I have been playing more Pikmin three. That's hasn't left oh, nice. my house because oh, um, I love it and my kid is obsessed yeah. with it. And it's we so are cute. basically going back and hundred percenting it. And uh, we started watching. And like, I, I don't know if you guys know how children consume content, but it's repeatedly until everyone in the house is sick of it. Uh, but um, we put on the um, the short films that they made for Pikmin. Have you guys seen oh, this? Yeah. 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 There's three short animated movies and one's like two minutes and one's like five minutes and one's like 12 minutes. And they are wonderful. If you are a sad old man or a happy <laughs> child, I suggest you watch these. They are a blast. There you go. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> fantastic. They're super fun. Um, they're, you know, because they all star Pikmin and Pikmin characters, there's no dialogue out of like outside of like squeaks and grunts and yelling, and it's great. It's they're super, super adorable and really, really cute and really smart. Uh, and I really want like I, I want a whole motion picture of these things. It would be great. So have you have you uh have you traumatized your kid yet by telling him that Pikmin is actually real and like if he just got close enough to ladybugs, he would see that they're bulb orbs eating tiny little happy carrots? It's it's like it is weird to explain that like that that was based on Miyamoto like in his garden seeing like ants carry things like um but like the 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 ghosts like there's ghosts in those games yeah. like they die and turn into talk ghosts about that yeah you know there is like the 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 space men and space women really just like sometimes they like during a boss fight you might lose like forty uh, Pikmin and it's a you know it's a big it's traumatic. a thing. It is like you know. Yeah. So there's nothing, nothing worse than leaving Pikmin behind at the end of the night, and they just mm-hmm. run and watch you fly away, and then the monsters come to devour them, uh, just to even, tear them asunder. Even so, if it's just one of them, and the night, the light, <laughs> the lights come down, and like you see the guy, it's like. Ah! <laughs> frankly, frankly, what I find worse than that is when it's just like fully your fault. Like yeah. one oh. time, yeah. one time I was walking through while I was playing deluxe for the review, I was walking through the water, a water section with only blue Pikmin and flying Pikmin who are smart enough that they'll just fly above the surface of the water. Uh, and then I accidentally, I was fighting a guy and I pressed charge to charge all my blue dudes at it. And then I accidentally pressed charge again. <laughs> and if you tell the flying Pikmin to charge an underwater enemy, they will just <laughs> head fly <laughs> into the water. Oh. And I was like, no. oh, the it's, noise when they drown too is the worst. Uh, oh, it's, it's so bad. It's so rough. It's, oh, it's it's devastating. It's so funny it because in this in this game you have such a big army of replaceable 
soldiers. <laughs> yeah. And it still bothers bothers us. They they did a really good job making you care for them. I yeah. It's it's heartbreaking when you just you forget to call in one last Pikmin and they yeah. made it much easier to gather your Pikmin at the end of the game, right? They 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 added a feature where you can call them back um if they're in range and mm-hmm. uh it's just sad when the ship takes off and there's a last guy running in and goes, what? And then the freaking bulb orbs come <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah. Like, you leave like one yellow Pikmin up on like a volcano somewhere and you like hit the space button at the end and they're all like, ah, they yeah. run back. It's, I'm so exactly. glad that um, they brought this game to Switch because like I played, I played like five hours on Wii U and I was, and I loved Pikmin 1 and 2. Like I put like a hundred hours into those games. And I just kind of like forgot about it on Wii U for some odd reason. I was like, I recognize it was good. I think I hit like a wall in one of the levels and was like, oh, I don't know what to do. And then just dropped it. And now I want to like 100% this game. It's 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 fantastic. So yeah, for sure. some last, odd reason. Yeah. yeah. The last boss will make you mad. Yeah. The, the last the, boss is he the, is the where goal, I the, the ball? The, the evil uh, Terminator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Whoa. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. No, I'm, well, I'm, it's, I'm it's Arnold. Yeah. 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 Too. If Evil Terminator spoils this game for anybody, then that's like they're no. very intuitive. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks for sticking around. This is Question Block where we answer, answer questions from you. Uh, you know, it's actually a reference to Super Mario. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Huh? This is, you, can, you can exclusively reveal today. Yeah. Seth, oh. you can't give away these secrets on ah, your damn it. posting day. That's, <laughs> come on. There's plenty that's more that's secrets. A... You gotta always leave one more. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. We've tried to keep it for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we find out what the name of the show is in reference to? That's gonna blow some minds. Oh, Dude. man. Don't, That'll be... Don't tempt him. Be a while from now. <laughs> That'll be when Casey comes back and it's my last show. I just spill all the secrets. Here's oh, the I thought this was your last show. <laughs> Historically, Nintendo didn't really have voice chat for their games. Okay. And so, using ah. a little twist of irony, uh, we named the show Nintendo Voice Chat to make a, a joke of that. So, okay. there you go. You heard Too it here from Clever. <laughs> All right, what questions you got? Questions we got. Tra- <laughs> Travis Crawford, what's up, Travis, wants to ask, when did you first realize Nintendo was something special to you? He said, I used to spring sprint yeah he used to spring home like uh marsupilami uh from my bus stop so i could have a few precious moments on super mario brothers 3 before my older brothers got home in 1996 or so so uh i ask you the panel when did you actually i want to ask pear pear when did you first realize nintendo was special to you when they I, put I told out this, uh, cards, right? In, yeah, uh, that's right. I, back in 1899, <laughs> uh, when I stayed at a Nintendo Love Hotel, um, <laughs> I used the I used the grabber, the um, ultra hand, the ultra hand, yes, to get myself some playing cards out of a Nintendo vending machine. Um, and uh, uh, you know, my Nintendo made monocle fell out, and so no, I um, the, I've, I've told this story a bunch of times. It's when uh, when I studied in in Japan, and I bought uh, uh, my my now wife uh, and my best friend gifted me a Super Famicom, and I played <clears throat> Super Mario World, and I blazed through it and absolutely loved it. And I went into a store and I looked at the box art of games, and I bought a Link to the Past, and uh, oh, because yeah. the art looked cool. And uh, and then I'm like, man, there's something to this company. <laughs> I realized <laughs> uh, I realized it was from the, uh, the the same game makers, and absolutely just kind of bought everything Nintendo had ever made themselves, and obviously loved the platforms too. Right on, Tom. What about you? What made you love 
Nintendo. When did you know? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Right now. Just this this minute. Like, this is a weird thing to explain because, like, and I apologize to anybody who's had has a rougher family situation but like like when it's a kind of a question of like when did you know you loved your brother like for me like i i'm younger right so like i wasn't born when the nes was released i was i my first system was the super nintendo and like i've kind of just i grew up with my mom like sneaking in like playing link to the past while like i me and my brother were asleep because we would play it like during the day right like and i it just like kind of always has been the the system the company that i grew up with and i've loved forever so there wasn't really a moment where i was like this is special to me because it's just literally been there since i was like one year old and i i love it dearly like i don't know just part of your dna at this point yeah it's it's just it's like genuinely it's like it's not a love it's like family it's just like i it is part of my brain at this point Wow. What about you, Brian? When did you first I think know? That's, a, that's probably pretty similar for me. I mean, I, I grew up in the 80s, so I was there. I was a kid when uh, like Nintendo Power was a thing and the NES was a thing. And there was like weird merchandise like, you know, uh, Trapper Keeper folders and, uh, you know, the Super Mario Super Show was on TV. So it's hard to pinpoint the exact moment. Like I can tell you, like my first the first video game I ever played was like my dad lifted me up and I played Donkey Kong in a, in a pizza in a pizza joint in Jersey city, New Jersey. And I was like, okay, there's a lot going on right now that I'm going to latch onto for the rest of my life. It's a spring uh, theme lyric, I think. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was, also, it was in the ghost of Tom Joad. The, uh, <laughs> the, the thing about it was that like all of your friends at the same time, all become sort of into one thing in unison. And that makes it this really special thing where all of a sudden you go from, I don't know who, what, what is Mario? Like, why would that be a thing that a child is interested in is like a 35 man that, you know, does, he fixes toilets for a living to all of a sudden being like, this is the best thing in the world. And there's a movie in theaters where they show the the new, the new one. And then there's this weird one where he throws vegetables. Like what is going on? Um, so it was all, it's all of that just kind of in unison. And that just like implanted itself in my brain. Like it's, it's really hard to pinpoint an exact thing because they called it, I think they, they, they called it like Nintendo mania or something. It was like yeah. one of those, like, it was just, you just, you know, in the same way, like where Pokemon just became a thing one day and you could not, uh, you couldn't avoid it. It was just everywhere. Like Nintendo just showed up and it was, you know, like your aunts and uncles would be like, I heard that kids thumbs are falling off from playing. <laughs> too hard. You know, like it, it was, it was all, it's just all, it was just culturally just took over everything yeah. And uh, it was that was just totally synonymous with my childhood. Like it was, you know, like you're reading books, you're you're doing like there's like sticker books and coloring and like it's it's just everywhere. So, yeah, I mean, probably like in the in the couple of months after the NES came out, when every kid in the world, it's all they talked about. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was a wonderful time. It was very magical. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. so glad I, I, it. I uh, you know, I always loved video games. We had a uh, ColecoVision when I was really little and like an Atari 2600. And then we didn't. But my friends always had like some hand-me-down. They had a, the 2600. They had an Intellivision. They had an Atari 5200, which was the probably the worst. And then one day, my friend Daniel was like, you got to come over. We got this thing. They had rented the NES from the drugstore. And <laughs> I went over and they were playing Mario. 
and I was like, holy cow, you can keep, you can go like one direction and keep moving. And he's like, no, 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 jump right here. And there was a secret block. Like, what is this? And that's like <laughs> it. Like I was hooked from that moment on, like all about Nintendo. And look at me now, folks. <laughs> did, did you, uh, when you were in the service, did you bring a Game Boy along? I, <laughs> I actually had a Game Boy with me when I was, we we're going on a TDY to Missouri. We we're building this. What um, is that? A TDY is a temporary duty. And we were going to Whiteman Air Force Base, which is where the B-2 is. We were building a uh, prototype, like giant canvas hangar that, that you could just go to where there's nothing and build this hangar and land B-2s there. And it was only supposed to be six weeks. It ended up being like nine months. Um, and I had a Game Boy with me. We were going through airport security. I didn't know any of the guys I was with at the time. Like, we're all like super good friends. We still keep in touch now. But, uh, you know, we're all Air Force construction guys. And... The guy's like, would you mind taking that piece of software out of that device? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Give me my copy of Pokemon Yellow that all these guys, four-year-old children are playing. Yeah. So, yeah. You still have bruises. They kind of knew, knew who I was. And then, you know, eventually the guy who gave me the most, like, grief about it in a joking way was also the guy who happened to be at a target and found a ps2 this is when ps2 first came out and there was impossible and he got me one like you know i had to pay him back but like just thought of me and like you know, oh that's very nice, awesome. very nice thing yeah shout nice. out darren williams i know you don't listen to this but <laughs> <laughs> uh, our, next, our next question i really like this question um i don't know how to pronounce this person's name properly so I'm, i apologize to yanni pashakis here's a question Greek? blue point remakes one nintendo game in the vein of demon souls and shadow of the colossus what is it brian i mean like my my gut reaction is bloodborne obviously but since this is a nintendo podcast i want to say something like ocarina of time or uh like like basically like honestly i feel like if they did skyward sword but they 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 pulled back a lot of the stuff about it that um, some people didn't like. That, that's that's such a tricky one though because it's like there. That's such a make it or break it for thing for people. Like some people are so they intrinsically connect that game with the you know the Wii Motion Plus and all this other stuff. And, yeah. and so yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I I would love. I still want like the full remake of Mario sixty four. Uh, I don't necessarily know if I want it to be like hyper realistic, like Blue Point makes a lot of their games. <laughs> Maybe, like, you know, uh, that would really, I feel like a, like a Wario game would be more fun where you can really just see everything that's going on in that man's face. Um, yeah, Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, or Skyward Sword. Those are the easy, easy, easy picks for me. All right. Pear, do you have anything? I got one. I'm cheating okay. a little bit, but this was a, uh, a published. Uh, by Nintendo and, uh, you know, released only on the uh, N64 at the time, that Shadows of the Empire. Oh, is, I it love is, that game. Everyone gives it so much crap. I love no, that game. So, the, so parts of it are great, right? Like the Hoth battle, the way the, the Snowspeeder versus the Atats, the way that feels was great, but a lot of the first-person uh, uh, missions were not that great. It was clear the developers were struggling with the system, um, and I, I feel like uh, somebody could remake this and kind of expand it and make it better, and uh, you know, put in uh, a lot of thing, the things that had to be cut out. 
it has some stuff that you see now mirrored in like Mandalorian, right? Yeah. Like the yeah. IG-88 battle and all of that stuff. And um, I think I think they could do a really nice job with it. The, right. the opening of that game is phenomenal. And then there's just like this record scratch where you're in third person, you're running around. <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff in that game. I'm totally with you. I still really dig the, the Boba, Fett, uh, Boba Fett fight in that game is, is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Tom. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Where? His name's Robert Fett. Okay. That Robert is true. Robert Boba Fett is just his close friends. Uh, Tom, what? Uh, I, I think Brian touched, got close to what I was going to say, but oh. not quite, which is uh, I think Blue Points really, what sets Blue Points remakes apart is both kind of the scope of them and the the their ability to modernize mood in a very good way. Uh, so I don't think they should do Ocarina of Time. I think they should do Majora's Mask. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that I think that while Ocarina of Time kind of has a lot of like sort of prestige around it that you wouldn't be able to like make that game quote unquote better. I think Majora's Mask is a great, well-loved game with rough edges that could really benefit from a modern remake that takes some of the stylistic, the wild stylistic stuff it did and modernizing the graphics on it, taking some of the like gameplay mechanics that are like just a little bit kind of hinky and just like smoothing those out a little bit. I think that Majora's Mask actually could probably like like most Zelda games I would not want to see remade just out of sort of like honor to them. And like, I think Majora's Mask could actually be a really, really cool candidate for a remake. Right. Well, uh, I'm going to tell you, you're all wrong. And the answer is Kid Icarus. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. that's a good one. All right. But also, also Metro- I, I looked at these questions like two days ago, so I had all that time to think about. Wait, wait, can I can I change my answer then to nope. the original Ice Climbers? No. Oh, get out of nope. here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, one final question. So this is Chris Baker. Tis the season to prepare your holiday season to playlist. Which games are making everyone's nice list this year? And Chris says he'll be playing Spirit Fair and continuing his tradition of spending time with Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild over the holidays. Sorry, read, read a little far, too far ahead there. Uh, Brian, what are you going to be playing this this jolly holly season? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I might go back and finish off uh, 100% of the stuff in the 3D All Stars collection because I got super oh, into that yeah. and then got. And they're just so much fun. Um, and it's been a while since I've gotten 120 stars in Mario. I uh, I completely forgot watching the Game Awards that we're getting 3D All Stars, like or not three. Uh, I'm sorry, Super Mario 3D World, stupid naming right. conventions. Like in, in, incredibly soon, and yep. it's going to have all the Bowser stuff in it. So, Bowser's Fury. Yeah, so I might I might go back and finish off the 3D All Star stuff just to get myself in the mood for 3D Mario before that weird collection comes out. So I can't wait for it. Nice. Tom, how are you going to be spending your holiday gaming time? Probably across a lot of different things. Okay. Like a lot of different things. I'm going to be jumping around a bit. Um, I'm excited to actually spend some time with Age of Calamity. Uh, this isn't on Switch yet, but Super Mar- Meat Boy Forever finally got oh, a date. Oh, yeah, that's the right. Third of this month on PC. So I'm excited to finally, finally be able to play that for real. Um, yeah, I'm just going to be jumping around a lot <laughs> right on is super is the original super meat boy on switch i don't know actually i mean i already I own it, it on every possible yeah platform but <laughs> why not why not give him one more 
Fair, do you have any big holiday gaming plans? Yeah, I'm like Tom. I have a lot of games to catch up on on other consoles, right? We had the two new consoles come out, obviously. So, you know, I'm I'm done with uh, Spider-Man and, uh, you know, I'm making my way through Assassin's Creed. I'm trying to find time for Watch Dogs and uh, Demon's Souls and all that. It's just too much and I don't know how to do it. All Obviously, Cyberpunk <laughs> um, as well. But for my Nintendo playtime, uh, I want to go back and finish Xenoblade. Um, you oh, know, it's yeah. a game that I really, really liked, and like something always gets in the way yep. of me actually finishing uh, that game. Uh, this is a second take on it, so I'm going to try to get back to it. I would like to also finish Pikmin again. I finished that game before twice already, but I'd love to finish it on Switch and then play some of the uh, Mario games. And then, you know, Hyrule Warriors is still uh, sitting around, but the one I really want to play is Xenoblade. Yeah, I... Uh... I think I might do the same actually because it's the exact same thing. I was I started it and something else happened. I was like, damn it, yeah. I'm never gonna finish this game. So yeah, that's I say that, but you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna prestige play flight simulator in Call of Duty. Yeah, or I'll play flight simulator. I'll just do a six hour flight and then like Brian said, I'll just look out the window the whole time. That's right. Yeah. Put on my Bluetooth. <laughs> play some switch with the Wi-Fi <laughs> off. <and airplane. laughs> oh yeah uh that's it thank you pair brian tom for joining me for my premiere episode of uh permanent temporary hosting duty this has been nintendo voice chat thank you all for listening and supporting us and being nice on social media which i love and it's so so surprising and, and fresh to get people saying nice things so keep keep doing that especially particularly to me say nice things to me i like that most of all you, you can say nice things to everyone else too no just say nice things to seth all right. I, I appreciate that. Uh, this is NBC, and it is the only place where you can get the thing. Get the thing. Get the thing. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.